Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. Today, we're going to kind of repurpose content. I feel like I have to tell you that I'm repurposing the content. And the main reason why is like, I recorded this as a live stream. So Jamie, I, F, and myself chatted for a little while. And we talked about his websites. Actually, we talked about his websites for most of the time, even though we intended to talk about the Google AI search, S-G-E, I think that is what it's called. It, it, it is a weird name. I don't know why they called it that, but I, I think it's search generative experience. So S-G-E. Anyway, that was the main topic of the day. But as Jamie and I often do, we just start talking about stuff and I haven't chatted with him for a while. So we wanted to get an update on his sites and hear the ups and downs. And we ended up talking. I mean, I had a great time just catching up on, on that area. And then we, we did eventually talk about the AI stuff. This was recorded a few weeks back. So things could have changed in the last few weeks which is one of the dangers, depending on the topic, for me working farther ahead. But one interesting thing, the time that this episode goes live, I will be uh, somewhere else, right? Uh, some mystery. Actually, I can't remember off the top of my head where I'm going to be on that particular date, but I am working fairly far ahead so that I can take a huge chunk of time off over the summer writing a book which is pretty fun. So I'll actually be working on the book pretty hard at, at that point in time, but I have other trips and things. So anyway, the point is I'm working ahead. And the other part with the live streams is over the summer, there's ups and downs with the live streams over on YouTube. So sometimes there's a lot of people depending on the topic. There's always kind of a core group, maybe somewhere between 15 to 30 people. And it's cool. We chat back and forth. It's very casual. However, to keep it fresh and interesting for everyone, myself included, is these guests that I've invited on. So it's kind of like a podcast interview and I just have to think about it a little bit more. So I usually don't interact with the live chat audience nearly as much through the first big chunk of the episode. So the guest and I can just kind of catch up and then we'll answer questions towards the end. If there happens to be something really relevant, sometimes I see it in the chat and then I'll say it as if it was my own idea, which is not, you know, it doesn't make the person feel like they're included, but they know, they know what's going on. And I appreciate the people that, that hang out in the chat and all that. So anyway, that's a super long intro to tell you that coming up for the episode today. One thing I should tell you about is next week, my course multi-profit site will open for enrollment. So this week, I uh, am sending out my, it's kind of the pre-launch material. So I've talked about some of my, you know, inside behind the curtain kind of stuff where I send out some pre-launch emails and I do this each quarter. The funny thing is, I was like, huh, maybe I shouldn't send that out to everyone if they've already gotten it before. Maybe they don't want it. If they're in the course already, they probably don't want it. They've already seen it. But the thing is, people that are already in the course or that have already done it, 
they go through the mini course again because the first couple, there's three emails total. The first two emails, it's really about thinking and reflecting on what's important to you and why you are watching or listening to this podcast, why you are trying to make money on the side, why you want to do anything. So if you're not already on the email list or you did not get the three email mini course, let me know. You can just send me an email, feedback at doug.show, and I can forward the email over to you. Anyway, the course launches next week. So if you are interested, be sure to keep your eyes and ears open for that. And I can tell you next week, got a great update from Melissa Palmer. She uh, bought a site and then she was able to get it into Mediavine within three months. So she grew the traffic tremendously within three months, if I'm doing my calendar math correctly. But Melissa is a former student of the course and she's been on the show, you know, two, three, four times. I can't quite remember, but that's coming out next week, episode 455, if I'm doing my, my planning right. So stand by if you have any questions or thoughts or anything like that for Jamie. He's available. I think we have links for his Twitter. He's, he's great on Twitter, responsive. He posts shit. Great dude. And I'm hoping to have him back on the show for the live stream or just an interview coming up before too long. So if you do have questions for me, you want me to ask in the next episode, let me know. Shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. Let's hear this live stream. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Doug Show Live here. We're with my buddy, Jamie AIF. I was about to say AF, <laughs> which would be good too, but uh, Jamie IF, how's it going, man? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me on again. It's always good to chat and uh, good to be chilling, chilling again. Yeah, and this, this should be uh, pretty fun. We haven't talked in a few weeks and you've been fairly active doing some stuff. So here's how the show's going to work today is uh, we'll get a little update about what you've been up to. We'll get uh, an update on your sites as well. And then the main topic of today is talking about artificial intelligence. We're going to talk about um, basically what Google has done. And you know now we're seeing the, uh, I think it's S-G-E, uh, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. So we're seeing like some AI in the search results already. One thing I have been dealing with over the last couple of weeks is uh, losing my voice. So I'm going to, I see I'm already talking a little bit louder, so I'm going to talk quieter. It's going to be like an NPR style interview. <laughs> the energy level is going to be much lower. I have cough drops and a hot drink, but I'm going to be leaning on Jamie quite a bit. So first off, Jamie, for the people that don't know you, let's get a little intro. Who are you? What do you do these days? It could be brief and we'll back into some of the other stuff as well, but just so people get an idea of who you are. Sure. So I'm a, a mostly affiliate marketing SEO. I uh, never had a job in-house, just sort of blogged and got sites going and that. Um, focused on affiliate marketing, started writing about it. I write, uh, write 
stuff on increasing.com now, just sort of talking about the stuff I've discovered, frameworks and stuff like that. I uh, run a newsletter now and also uh, head up marketing at Lasso, which is an affiliate marketing plugin. So very much leading into the sort of affiliate marketing uh, SEO content space. Awesome. That sounds like uh, a lot of stuff. Do you feel pretty busy these days? Yeah, I mean, I'd feel less busy if the sites were on the up and up and up, but we've been in recovery mode. So it requires like, you know, doing the deeper thought and rather than being able to coast, it's very active right now. Um, but it's that's why it's important and what I could have done is build better teams uh, to have more operations that don't run through me. So it's active and busy right now, but it's mostly down to my own fault, to be honest. So I got to just live with that. All right. That's cool. Well, like I said, you've been you've been busy at the time we're recording. This is early June. So affiliate gathering was a few weeks ago. And I don't I, I hope I'm not taking credit but did i introduce you to carl the founder and then you were able to get hooked up and did you speak and everything how, how was the whole the whole deal yeah yeah so um it, how it happened was after one of the times I, i'd come on your podcast we were chatting and you mentioned um i think you might have mentioned affiliate gathering or at least carl and then afterwards you put me in an email chain with carl i don't think he knew i was who i was so it's like okay i'll introduce and then um then you know, eventually got to um, be invited to speak. I met Carl in person like uh, a few months later than that because he hosted a gathering in London. So I got drinking with him. We had a chat, good time. Um, and then a few months later, or a couple of weeks ago now, was um, I spoke in, in York. And York's a lovely place. I've been there a bunch of times before and it was a lovely time. And so, yeah, um, full credit to Doug for making that one happen. Uh, the connector the glue that, that, that got me there. So very grateful to that. And it was really, it was honestly such a fun couple of days. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate the credit, which I was trying to take anyway, but I mean, <laughs> you guys would have found each other anyway. I just happened to know you both. So Jamie, what, what was your talk on? And are you a, are you a experienced speaker? Or were you nervous to be in such a big crowd? Yeah, that was the first time I'd ever spoke. I've now spoken twice because I spoke last week in Manchester as well. But that was the first time. Uh, and I, I was, I would have been more nervous, but we went out drinking the night before and so I didn't really have time. I was still had, like, had enough alcohol in my system to sort of like get me over the jitters. And then thankfully I was on first. And so it was like, I got to enjoy the rest of the day. It was literally just Ariel and then me right at the beginning. So I got to watch her talk, then went on and then like did my one and then like it was like, oh, it's over now. I can chill, and then just got to enjoy the other talks. It is good to get get it out of the way early on, and I think that's what Toastmasters teaches, right? They say just be hammered, still drunk from the <laughs> night before. I haven't been that's to a, I was going in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, yeah. So, what what was your talk about? Like, affiliate gathering. So it was on, the original name was, so you've made your first thousand dollars. Here's how you scale to 10K, like how to 10X what you've got, but without the same traffic. So it's mostly a CRO talk. Um, but I changed the name to just, here's how to 10X your money from affiliate like stuff. So it covered like all the main types of affiliate content, the things like the 80-20 the, the quick wins, like just literally just going from text, link, like anchor links to like big displays, then how you um, organize those parts. Um, the different styles like how you how you do the segmentation and audience building and like catering to different people in a best article or versus article how to structure each one of those 
Um, and then how to better track your affiliate revenue, which was like a bit of a shameless plug leading into like last side products. And then the last one, which was just how to ask for more money. It's like the trifecta of like the actual UX, the analytics style, and then asking for what you like you can get. Um, so I think actually, I think the videos are available somewhere online. I think you've got to pay for them though, but um, okay, yeah, it, yeah. Got it. Very cool. And you were just at another um, conference, I guess. So what, what was that one? And then you spoke ag again. So congrats on that. I mean, once you start, uh, you do one, one or two talks, then you have like reference material and people see you. So you'll get invited to a bunch of places, right? Well, maybe New Orleans later on in the year. I, not, I oh, can't really yeah. say. You might have, we spoke about that briefly. Um, so that would be cool. But yeah, so um, the one last week was uh, mostly the same talk because it was mostly um, like an agency SEO in-house agency recruitment style event uh, run by two great people, uh, jo uh, Josh and uh, Craig. Uh, Craig runs My Content Power and some other businesses. He's doing really great stuff. Uh, Josh runs SEO for Hire. So they threw this as a way to meet people and stuff like that. Um, and so like there wasn't like, it wasn't like a perfect synergy where it's like it's all like affiliate marketers, but actually a surprising number of people that work in-house SEO or run agencies do run affiliate sites. And so I was speaking to people like that. Um, some people that are just doing enormous success and have had enormous success were like really interesting to learn from that run huge agencies doing millions and millions of dollars. So, um, it was interesting. I, I like, it was uh, a new style, right? The more like intense, like e-commerce with like a hundred different schema types to like make that extra 1% when one ranking higher can be worth $10 million a year. So, it was very different to like the content style blogging that we come from. Right. That's cool, man. And just to give people a couple more details. So the um, New Orleans that you just mentioned. So there's a conference called uh, FinCon. That's right. FinCon, right? That's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's so many conferences. I'm like getting things mixed up. So in New Orleans, I believe it's in October. And you're going to be there, Jamie, uh, on behalf of Lasso, right? Hopefully, hopefully. Okay. I, I, I shouldn't have said that in case it's not confirmed and now I'm not there. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully you'll be there because I'm going to be there. And um, I have been to FinCon a, a few times. Really fun. It's a much bigger conference. There's usually, I think last year there was maybe like 2,000 or so. So it's on the bigger side and there are you know, people that are deep into maybe like more personal finance, maybe people that are like only whatever TikTok creators. So there's all these different like pockets and, you know, you find your group and you hang out with them mostly, but you could, you know, everybody is uh, hanging out, huge conference centers, usually like big hotels where like everything's there. Like you could basically stay inside, although in New Orleans we'll probably venture out to, um, Bourbon Street, where you and I would potentially lose our voices or whatever. <laughs> so we'll have to work on that. Okay. So let's let's shift over and talk about uh, your site. So people know you because you've been on the show a few times. Uh, some pretty cool updates. You've been working a very hard, big success for your, your young guy in your mid-20s. So, you know, people see how young you are and they're like, oh, man this guy is brilliant, which you are. So let's hear what's been going on because it's not always like pure success stories. There's always a little roller coaster. So I'll let you uh, sort of catch us up a little bit here. 
Yeah, well, in Google's eyes, we're just not, we're not in favor at the moment. We're not in vogue. Thankfully, Bing love us so much that like we've sort of been okay. But if Bing stopped loving us so much, it, it would really be dangerous right now. Um, like I, 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 I wanted to just like give everyone an in-depth view of like what the plan was in case anyone found it useful. And a lot of people did. Um, so I sent like a 2000 word newsletter a few weeks ago, just going over like what I think the problems are from UX and ads to helpful content and like how important, like keeping a really solid index size. So you have the best like average quality per index content in there and how the freshness can mean that like your average level of content hitting search intent can get, you know, can cause these site-wide suppressions that we seem to have hit. Uh, and so a lot of that has been around recovering going through everything that's older and trying to move the content to the top that better hits the search intent, mostly just rewriting intros, um, looking at where we've tested products but not added like first person into that particular part of a buyer's guide. Uh, the real image is obviously from that test um, and a few other things. And so um, we've been very like deep and active into this terrible timing with like SGE and stuff coming uh, to get hit before. Um, so yeah, we've we've got one site that's really doing well though that we bought for twelve grand at the end of the last year, but it was doing less than a grand a month. Uh, and last month it did six grand, so that's helping us. So you know that's a, a big win, and we've got such an active community on that one, like an enormous like email list that we asked them a question once because we wanted to do like a a stats post, and we got like a hundred replies. And so it's so active when we try to do that, and that's a success story. But honestly, for the bigger sites, we've been hit badly in Google's eyes. Can you, for people that don't know the full story, can you tell us about maybe a little history on the site, like just how old it is, and then maybe like the height of earnings, which I think was probably around the retail season six months ago, maybe a little um, more recent. And then sort of when you saw the decline, if you know if it was like a core update, some other kind of update, something else, mystery probably. I mean, I wish I knew the whole truth because I'd have the keys to fix it all. But my gathering from it is that we've been hit. And this is why. Okay, so um, we were steadily doing, uh, across the whole last 12 months, we've done an average of like 44,000 a month, but we hit 80, 81,000 in uh, Q4. So we made a lot of money then. And now we're sort of like trying to like chase the high. <laughs> um, but so in December at the end, we get hit in either link spam or like, was it helpful content then as well? Um, that coincides with like the sort of last time we got any significant discover traffic. And so I believe based on other things that I've seen as well, that like everything within like on page EEAT, helpful content, discover and featured snippet bands are basically the same thing with different names. And they just correlate to like basically very similar markers of quality content. Um, I disagree with how they're doing it, but that's just a personal opinion. Um, and then sort of continue like to go down really low crawl rates get hit and then the largest site go like we've been hit down from like six thousand clicks a day to one thousand massive 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 decline then march core update happens and we recovered the whole thing literally the whole thing to almost new heights so you go from one one thousand clicks a day to six thousand again so i'm thinking okay it must have been like a a temporary thing two days after that right back down to one thousand again as soon as the new helpful content algorithm gets rolled out again, 
And so what appears to be is that there's two algorithms dueling each other. One loves us, one hates us. And the one that loves us is not getting the right airtime at the moment as much as I'd like it to. Man, that really uh, fucks with your head, huh? It's a fair, it's been like a lot of seven day work weeks to try and get it back. And though I think we've really improved a lot of the site, it's frustrating that it hasn't really seen much of an effect. Um, but we're still, yeah. we're still going for it. Mentally and psychologically, like what does that do to you, right? So it really is a roller coaster. So like you said, thousand clicks a day to 6,000. And then you're like, oh, this is great. We figured it out. All the hard work paid off. Great job team. Two days later, Google kicks you in the nuts again. So what does that do? What was going through your head? Well, I want to get very, very, very rich. So let me preface what I'm about to say with like that. And like, <laughs> like, so there's no way through except through, right? I can just stop and chill and take 20 grand, 30 grand a month, or I can go, all right, I want to get very rich in my twenties. And then like, how do I get there? There's like, there's, there's no advantage to moping around and chilling, even if I would love to, and it would feel so nice to blame the world and blame Google. And I do blame Google. I think they're wrong, but it doesn't get, it doesn't make me rich. Right. And, uh, so I, I want to have to figure it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's no point in being stressed because this is such a pivotal moment in my life. If I lose a million dollars now, because I didn't put the work in for six months, that was the dumbest thing ever. Right. And I could chill my whole life if I get this recovered. So to give up now and not just toil through the worst six months of my life in order to change the next 45 would be such a bad play. Mm -hmm. So that said, it sounds like you've, you, have you thought of giving up and you're like, you know what, this business model sucks, AI, AI search, like there's all these things. Google is, you know, not treating your site well. So have you thought of quitting? No. Like okay. We're still doing more science. I've still got more JVs launching. We're still trying more experimental stuff. We're launching programmatic stuff. We're launching AI projects. Like there's a lot of cool stuff happening still. I'm still energized by it. I think there's still so much potential to build real brands. I'm really excited to experiment more in the future with social media and stuff, but I just cannot now because I'm not learning anything right now because everything just has to go into like getting a recovery there. It's just so bad. Like my time will never be anywhere near as valuable anywhere else to spin up a new system when there's a whole system that could be valuable that is just dead on the ground. I love that. And I think the, the people that end up being successful, because I get questions like this often, like, you know, what, what are the two or three things that separate the successful people from the non-successful people? Well, I mean, the real answer is I don't know, but usually it's an attitude that they're going to figure it out. And they have a really long timeline. Like you, you mentioned like 45 years, right? Most people are thinking like 45 days. If it doesn't work, I'm out. Like they have such a short timeline and they don't have the, um, like tenacity. Like I actually, actually, I don't have the tenacity that you have now. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, 20 years older than you. So like I don't have the same kind of energy anymore. I think I did maybe, probably not, but maybe 20 years ago it was closer. But yeah, you have all this energy. You don't need as much sleep as me, probably. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's great. I think, it, well, any comments on that? I mean, now you've been to a few conferences. Have you observed anything of like the successful people versus the people who are like, yeah, I've been trying this for like five years and they still haven't like quite figured it out? 
Um, I really understood where I had made mistakes having listened to certain people at these conferences. So, um, someone who I followed who's successful in the game, um, Nick Eubanks, who like does traffic think tank and a few other things he spoke, um, like huge agencies and stuff like that, big other programmatic projects and stuff. He spoke and like the clearest thing was like the speed and fearlessness and like scaling is like the key part, right? Just showing some of the successes they've had, you know, ranking, uh, big, like, um, businesses for ranking number one for tools that are worth, you know, $65 million a month or something crazy. And I was like, okay, there really is levels here. And it's important to have your mind opened up to being like, I can feel like a big deal because I make 40 grand a month, but like, this is like nothing compared to like the real murderers of the game that just go absolutely crazy and do things and scale and are fearless and are building big teams and are building like the factory and SOPs so that they can build a whole you know, legion of people who can help them scale with those SOPs. And I've been too much of a, a technician for too long. I've micromanaged, I've let everything go from me because I've worried the quality standards would go down. And like this also means that there's less ability to recover because like, okay, 500 posts need improving. Not enough people have been trained on the skills to be able to do that. And now it falls on me. So less gets done. So less positive signals go to Google and the recovery doesn't get there and you lose money. So, uh, a key thing was just scaling. I regained some of my optimism for the future of SEO from it, just from hearing other people's fearlessness. Um, but yeah, generally like, uh, this has to work. Like I'll never recover if like, I don't recover these. I, I, I am very much married to the success of this current venture. Uh, there's no, it's, it, I, it's inconsolable that this does not happen and whatever happens has to happen for that to happen and get it back. Is gonna have to happen. There's no alternative. Fierce. All right. So, do you have any timeline where you're like, I think we should be able to recover? And the hard part, of course, is there is so much out of it, or there is so much out of your control. Like, pr primarily, it's just like one party, right? Google is basically dictating what happens so yeah the question is like any timeline where you're like okay i need to come up with a different solution because doing this harder and for longer doesn't seem to be working well i'm never going to make a million dollars like this anywhere else so this is the <laughs> but there's no like no balance of my time my time is valueless because i have no track record of success in anything else um but it could be valuable in this particular sub niche um Timeline is impossible to know. I thought we'd have recovered by now, to be honest. I think we have done enough to recover. We've deleted lots of content that doesn't perform, like a fairly substantial portion of the index. All of the content that didn't rank for any keywords was reviewed and improved. Um, we're still going. We might be able to do more with programmatic, unique image generation from like quotes of the important parts of articles that we're looking into, like the, the bulk publishing style stuff using either slides or um, Canva and uh, uh I think I've forgotten what the tool is you can use for slides to do it programmatically, but there's some stuff like that. Um, just really focusing on the first person and search intent stuff, but it takes a long time and it's, uh, it's one thing doing it and one thing Google like noticing it. And so there's really no timelines. Um, I will do this until it doesn't make any income and I can't afford to support it or until it gets back there and the asset value is enough to bring on a team or sell it. Got it. So I have a follow up question. I was reading a a book by Derek Sivers. I think it's called Everything You Want. 
Do you know Derek Sivers? Do you, have you heard of him? You do CD baby. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it was a case study in the updated version of the four-hour work week. And then he's been yeah. on a lot of podcasts, prolific writer. So anyway, I have um I have a follow-up question, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tease the audience and I'm gonna ask the question, then we're gonna roll an ad. I'll let my business <laughs> rest. So the the question is this. So he noted that he heard, uh, you know, people that are successful are persistent and they're like, you know, just be persistent, stick with it, kind of a theme of what we've been talking about. But he mentioned that it's about being persistent with innovation, creativity, and trying different things and being flexible. So to hammer the point that I was making before, it's like you're improving content, you're doing what you know Google should like, but it's not reacting right. So I wonder if you have any thoughts about that. And then with that, we have a wonderful sponsor, Otis Global. So I'm going to roll that ad. We'll be right back and I'll ask the question again. It's brought to you by Otis Global, the source for premium age domains that'll help kickstart your website. So today the featured domain is Funky Food Shop and all of the Otis domains come with a pretty sweet logo. Thing is, if you're not interested in this domain, that's cool. No problem. They have this great filtering and search mechanism. And my most favorite is the industry. So you can pick the niche that you are looking for. Of course, you could filter on other things as well, but this really helps you focus in on the domains that you're looking for. If you join Otis using my affiliate link, you can get up to $100 into your account. And if you make a purchase, then I might get a commission. So thanks a lot to Otis Global. And we're back. And I left everyone with a, with a tease or something I'm experimenting with. And it actually keeps people on, which is cool. So I'll, I'll re-ask the question here. So basically, I read this book by Derek Sivers, and he was saying, hey, persistence is really good, but it doesn't mean to necessarily keep doing the same thing for longer. Maybe that works, but in the worst case scenario, you do the same thing for like 10 years, it never works, and then you're 10 years older and you feel like a failure, right? So Jamie, do you have any ideas for innovating and coming up with like new things to test that maybe Google will like. We're trying to take it all from every angle, like as in, or from enough angles that we're trying to identify what is the core or what the, like the, the two or three or one smoking guns are. And we've been focusing on those. Um, if that doesn't work, then I'm kind of out of options. I don't think you can just, you know, be big on Facebook and Google to go, all right, they deserve all their traffic or anything else. I just don't think anything else is a big enough signal to, to be the reason for a 90% or 85% reduction. And so we've, we've gone back to basics because only massive, massive weightings can be responsible for like that. So I'm going to sound like I'm just going, no, no, I'm this, you know, stuck in my ways. And I am stuck in my ways, right? But, um, I just cannot see anything except the absolute basics being a massive problem for such a like such a bad trajectory in Google's eyes. And so we've been just going with the basics and them sort of ones. Um, as in when do you give up? I mean, like it's you know, it's horrible having to make thirty grand a month in profit or like you know, so I'll never give up because it's profitable. <laughs> it's profitable dying, right? <laughs> so but I, I wanna get it to more because 
it used to be more. And so I'm not mad about it. I, I'm how ungrateful right to be like that and then you know, mad about it. Right. And unfortunately, I was going to say, I feel like I, we could just talk about this the whole time. We're going to have to move. But I'll, um, I mean, that's valid. The thing is, I don't have, any, like, I don't have any idea. There's no answer, right? Like you talk to a ton of SEOs that have whatever, a decade more experience than, than you and I. And like, there's no clear answer. Things are changing all the time. One assumption that your plan relies on is that Google knows what they're doing and they're intentionally doing something. They may or may not. The algorithm may also be, I mean, if you see whatever, 90% uh, increase, 90% drop, um, that's weird. It seems like maybe it's not doing what they hope. So like any, any thoughts on that? I don't have a pure question other than it, the assumption is Google is doing something intentionally, but they might not be. I'm in a way heartened rather than this is frustrating, but also heartened by the fact that we've paid a lot of much cleverer SEOs than me to have a look at the sites and while they'll find things that can be changed, paginated canonicals for categories, things, you know, small technical things. Some of your content could be improved to hit search intent better. None of them say that the site should be hit as they are because those are like things to, you know, get a hundred percent rather than an 85% on the scorecard. And so I don't really, I, so I know I've gone on topic, but I just, like, it's, it's, like, you, it's both heartening and disheartening because it's like, you know, I don't feel like I've done anything wrong. I think I've done, I've followed the review guidelines, the letter I've, for the whole time I've been on here, I've been trying to tell people to actually write good content that helps people because you'll get paid for it. Um, as for, do they not change their mind? All you can hope is they do. Um, or if someone can find the smoking gun for me, I'll pay you unimaginable amounts of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay. And, and that's great. I mean, this is a good spirit. I mean, I'm, we're, I'm, I'm challenging, I'm challenging you, but like, I don't know the answer. I'm just like, Hey, what, what about this? It's like, uh, a little kid asking like, why, 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 like 10 times. Like it's important. It's, it's, um, you know, maybe, maybe you'll get some ideas from it or someone listening will as well. So we'll shift. Okay. So someone asked in the chat here, we have Shujat says, since Google is putting AI in the search results, the very top, um, what does that mean for us? So this is actually the topic that we're finally getting around to. Jamie, we need to do like three or four hours one day, but we don't have that kind of time. So what, what, what do you feel like here? So th changes are coming maybe sooner than we thought. Things have shifted a lot in the last couple of months. So what are you thinking about as far as the impact that could happen to the industry in general? You know, don't worry about your sites, right? Like you're trying to recover them. So what do you think industry-wide this means? To preface, no one knows except Google. And whatever Google knows now, is less likely to change than you think because this isn't like a six-week project. This is a six-year project. We just see the last six weeks of it. And that's a bad thing because when they say, thanks for your feedback, the decisions have been made years ago and they don't give a shit about any of your sites. Google thinks they own the internet or they deserve to. And every single year, they've shown that more and more and more and more you know, taking flights and booking and put them into like interactive feature snippets, 
weather becoming a featured snippet so you don't need to click on anything, calculators becoming these things. That was all at one point a search, and now it's not a click on the search anymore. So Google's philosophy is they would, if they can monetize any kind of interaction in any search in any way of being a middleman like an affiliate marketer, they will eventually try and do it. Now here's the positive side. Have you heard a single person raving about how good SGE is? No, not me. And have you heard a lot of people saying that how bad it is? You know, to be fair, I don't listen to a lot of people, but uh, I haven't heard that either. <laughs> but have you? <laughs> I think from what I've seen, and I haven't gone into depth, I think that it's a bad quality product right now. It, it literally plagiarizes to the word. You have to assume that the EU will go and slam them with tons of regulations for stealing copy. They don't sort cite sources in any meaningful way, which will anger publishers. They will dis, you know, disincentivize and disenfranchise publishers, which is such a net negative for humanity beyond like us being biased publishers trying to get paid, uh, because it's such like a waste to sit like two thirds up of you know the Tower of Babel and just decide we're good here. We don't need to pay anyone for their knowledge and make them actually contribute anymore. It would be like one of the worst things ever to happen and it's the biggest intellectual property theft of all time rambling aside if i had to estimate um and by the way if i was being the most profitable thing you could ever do is just like dump every bit of ai you've ever done be the normal search engine and double your market share because people don't want to use this stuff <laughs> like just literally just like dump the whole billions you've spent and you'll make more money um but for google i don't think they need to go this far I think they've been spooked and this is like they brought it out quicker. The product is not good enough yet. Um, and if they do want to do this now, they'll annoy people. But so there's, there's three possibilities, right? There's SG comes in and it's toggleable and it does appear to be like toggleable on or off. You know, you click the button and you use it or not. Um, and if it's off by default, no one's going to use it. It would be good, sub 20% loss, in my guess. By the way, and I have no idea what I'm talking about, just a preface. So literally, just no one take, literally, this is just a, a madman's speech. If it's toggleable and it's by default on, most people will still turn it off. But some will go and do it, right? And be like, oh, this is interesting. The early adopters might find it interesting. I think it's a bad product, and I hope that they bring it on by default piss everyone off and then people are stu like, too stuck in their habits and leave. So I think that could happen because it's a bad product. Like I said, I don't hear anyone raving about it. Apple bring out a thing, VR headset, everyone's raving because it's a cool product. This is not a cool product. It doesn't help me. It takes 12 seconds to give me information that's worse and it steals from people. Even as a searcher that isn't got skin in the game, I don't like the idea of stealing from publishers. I'd rather they got my AdSense money. And I don't hear Google speaking about how they're going to share the actual SERP ad revenue with us because that would probably make it okay, to be honest. I'd be all right with that. So not a good product. If it's toggled, toggleable, and all the examples show it's toggleable at the moment and it's default on, maybe a 35% loss. And if it's not toggleable, it shows up for everything. It's really invasive. And all the ads, which, they, you know, SG at the moment doesn't show all the Google ads as well, which push it even further down, then that could be like 65% loss. It might, if I had to guess. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. I mean, obviously, no one knows. I think you're right on 
a, a lot of your estimations and assumptions there. I think, you know, the one thing I would challenge you on maybe is like if Google puts SG, is it SG, SG, yeah, SG, um, on for search by default, I think most people won't change it. However, I think depending on what the topic is, like if people, the thing that'll happen is like if people get burned, if they get like bad information, they then maybe would take some action, but like just people take the default choice most of the time. So there would be, you know, different pockets of people, different kinds of users that would maybe turn it off. Like you and I maybe would turn it off. Maybe we use a different search engine, for example. But generally, I think, yeah, if they turn it on by default, which I think probably they'll just be like different types of queries where like this information is probably pretty correct. Like they, they're going to take it from like Wikipedia or something like that, like a pretty trusted source. So I think, you know, some informational type queries are almost always going to be like an SGE type thing. And then others where like the information maybe isn't as accurate or something like that, or maybe it's not as timely. So think like a product review for a high tech item where there's always new ones coming out. That would be tough. Like, uh, I've, I, I usually don't check the news or anything. So Apple came up, uh, came out with some kind of VR bullshit. Is that right? Yeah, it's three and a half grand, but it actually looks crazy. Like, uh, I, well, I'm not going to get the first gem because it probably has yeah. like teething problems. And there's a battery pack on the side, but it will change the game and it will become the norm over time. Interesting. Well, the bad thing is, um, Apple is pretty good. I, unfortunately, I'm, I have like a million Apple products. It's just really good stuff. But, um, how old are you, Jamie, again? I'm 26. So, like, you were either not born or, you were like two, but like, I've been hearing that VR is going to change the world for a very long time. And, um, it just hasn't paid off. So like, that's why some people are jaded for like AI. We're like, yeah, we've heard about AI since Terminator. And but then all of a sudden in the last few months. So anyway, cool. I think the difference is like, it's intuitive and adds value right now. Like I, I read, I can't remember the book that the founder of AI wrote by Reddit and like it was cool but it never added to your life it was never the obvious play AI was never the obvious play but it was embryonic and it still is but it's actively better and helps with my everyday life and I think that's the tipping point and if VR can do the same because they showed these visualizations of being able to actually have 10 tabs open around you that move with you if you leave the kitchen into the living room or whatever and continue like it's like you know it obviously takes a while to get used to that but the productivity gains would be so enormous that like it becomes the default because it takes over from real life as the most productive option gotcha which is uh funny my uh podcast co-host and i were writing a book it's like an anti-productivity book it's a book on laziness so nice. uh it's the opposite <laughs> which is funny because i'm i'm thinking the opposite of like productivity stuff but i'll have to check out some of the videos i know they're um when they launch a product, they make it look pretty sexy. So, all right. Now, one thing we haven't talked about. So you're the marketing lead over at Lasso. Is that the right, what's your title there? It's, it's head of marketing. Yeah. Same, of yeah, marketing. same thing. All right. So 
what do you hear on the street out there? You know, you guys have um, whatever thousands of users out there. We're, you know, everyone's, they're paying for it, right? So they're deeply integrated into the content website world. What are you hearing from them? Do you hear them asking you? Do you have like prospects asking about like, hey, is this the, you know, quote, end of this business model? Um, nothing's changed. Things are fairly the same, to be honest. Nothing is. Um, there's not many conversations that I've seen around it. I think that outside of like the Twitter bubble, people are not as panicking. And, um, or if they are, then they're not talking to me about it. <laughs> but it's just very present when you see all of this stuff and everything is like a crazy snowball of just people talking to each other and making it a bigger and bigger deal. And this is going to change the game. And there are so many amazing things coming out, but everyone in those conversations is an early adopter. And so that isn't how it's going to be for everybody else. My mum barely knows how to text. She doesn't want to use SGE because she doesn't trust it. Uh, not everyone will be like that, but it's not like everyone is using ChatGPT already. We would have seen keyword volumes decrease massively if everyone was already using ChatGPT because for a lot of queries, it is better than Google already. Um, so no, we haven't seen a lot of difference. Um, what we're focusing on really is just making sure that yes, there will be a loss of traffic. I don't think it will be as bad for affiliate queries as for informational ones, especially easily answerable ones like definitions, like which I think you allude to there with information. Uh, because things like ChatGPT give very good definitions. I wouldn't trust it with medical advice or anything else, but it's good for definition. Uh, in the same way, that I think a lot of people want to talk to a real person and hear from real people around product reviews. Um, I think, hope, I mean, I hope, because there was some really interesting stuff with Google, being able to segment stuff programmatically so they'd be able to say, this is the best for beginners, best for whatever, having stolen that content from affiliate marketers like myself. Um, so you'd hope that people don't like it, they don't want to click on shopping ads, and they want to hear from real people, which is my gut instinct, and I hope that that's true. Um, in which case, number one, it won't be as destructive as perhaps it could be if you're an affiliate marketer. And number two, with the same tech comes ways to increase your revenue per page view. Um, you'll probably get less page views, but you have to assume that RPMs on ads will increase because people still need to reach people and sell products. And to be able to do that, you know, the, the same demand will be for fewer page views. But also with tech and like better data analysis coming from AI, you can do much less like better like uh, affiliate analytics and really focus in on what works, understand your earning per click on every product around your site and use that to try and increase your revenue per page view by higher amounts than the page view numbers nominally that you'll lose, which is the biggest focus right now. Just maximize revenue per page view so that you can offset a loss. Nice. Um, one, one thing that I'm, I'm curious, which you, you could punt this answer. So you're not hearing too much from like, uh, your customers yet internally, what conversations are you guys having? Are you like, Hey, this could be a shift. Cause e even if it's not a big change, like whatever, let's say it's a 15 to 20% traffic hit, people are not going to be as enthusiastic to start new sites. So maybe there's a smaller customer base. So if you can't share anything, that's fine. If you can, you know, what, what do you guys think about internally as the future of affiliate marketing? There's some stuff I can't talk about that is very, 
it would make everyone's listening's head explode if I told you some of the stuff that's coming like on the way. And that wouldn't exist without a lot of the new developments in AI. Um, so it's an enabler, um, but it's also obviously on the other end destructive. Um, no one should like, I mean, the only people that will tell you that it isn't a problem are the people that want to sell you blogging courses. Um, so yes, I have nothing to sell you yet. Uh, maybe one day, <laughs> but not right now. I, I have nothing to sell you. So I'll be honest with you and I won't lie. There's going to be a loss to fix over the next 12 months. Um, but it's a very lucrative game. And like, when you put it in perspective, like, would I still do this for half the money? Yes, to be honest. So like, that's the argument I've been having internally. Um, as for how it internally lasso feels like it will affect, like I said, there's a lot of opportunities there that I can't talk about yet that make something really powerful that if you can make something that helps so much more and earn so much more money for people, um, then, you know, you, you, you share in that value. And so, um, there's some cool stuff coming that I can't talk about yet. Okay. Well, I don't know anything you, I mean, I was going to ask a question about how is Lasso going to use AI in the future, right? Cause now there's technology. So I think I'm like leading into what you can't talk about. So. I won't ask it, but I'll just say, hey, I'm thinking about it because I know the listeners are too. Do you have any comments? Um, all of the stuff that gets beta tested is from existing customers. So there's some stuff that people are getting access to like today. Um, and that's the full first round of like the crazy shit. Um, and so, yeah, there's some cool stuff coming that will hopefully help you all get as rich as possible. Um, cool. But there's, yeah, there's, there's the first sort of round of stuff coming out now. So for people that don't know what Lasso is in like one minute, what does it do? Who is it for? Sure. So as of a few months ago, it's now a two product company. Originally it was just there as an affiliate displays. So it's, you know, affiliate displays with the big buttons that have been data driven, tested to be able to convert as well as possible, help you get more clicks, but not really designed to get more clicks. It's designed to get you the highest buyer in 10 clicks by showing you the price up front, not being in any way, like hiding it all giving people the information they need so that they can feel confident to make a purchase. Some other things in there as well, like managing all your links in a central database, tracking your events in Google Analytics so you can see what gets all the clicks and move stuff up or down based on how interested it people are. Uh, and recently we came out with the second product, which is the affiliate analytics tool to give you page level data so you can see what converts where, how much it's worth, how much each of your pages are worth. And use that to try and, you know, print money. We want to make it so easy that you don't even have to do it. It's just almost automated. Awesome. Who's the right uh, user for Lasso? Um, so the to get a one plugin license for one site is $39 a month. So you need to have enough revenue where it's likely or enough traffic where you can make that again. So uh, I can't speak for everyone, but if I do, you know, 120 to 150 RPM, then if I can increase that by 30%, I only need a thousand odd page views. But I would say that I'm in niches that convert better than average. So I'd say you probably need, you know, a few thousand more page views more than that to break even. Um, so yeah, you need to have some traffic, you need to have some revenue. I wouldn't advise it if you're pre-revenue, unless you've just got so much money to burn that you want to have the system and the uh, affiliate management from early. But we do have a free product. Uh, the, the page level analytics tool is free if you track less than $1,000 a month. And it will give you from the get-go analytics, uh, access to all of your integrate with all of your affiliate dashboards is APIs. So you can collate all of your revenue in one place and get access to all that revenue there. So there is a free product, but you know, 
it may not have the ROI there if you're not already making money for the actual plugin. Cool. And I'm an affiliate. There's a link in the description. So if you want to check out Lasso, you can get to it. And I'm curious, you know, you're a newer member of of the team over there. You're head of marketing. Now there's two products. Is it hard educating the consumers about like, hey, now there's two products and you have to say like, okay, this one's for analytics, like this one's for links. Yeah. So um, an important thing which we have to get right is to make sure we don't confuse people on the homepage of like thinking it's all one or one's part of the other. The analytics isn't part of the plugin. The plugin isn't part of the free analytics tool. Um, and so we've moved some stuff around. The homepage has changed. We're still making sure that, and trying to make that as clear as possible. We've changed it. So the homepage gives you an overview of both products. And then instead of the homepage just being the plugin page, there's now a plugin landing page and a performance landing page to separate the plugin for the affiliate displays and then performance for the analytics. Um, but uh, we need to figure it out like as best as possible. Like at the moment, having two pricing pages might confuse people if they want to buy both products rather than one. So um, it's definitely a difficult thing to do. And I want to focus more on how we can make that as seamless as possible. We have a great customer support team to deal with any questions you might have. But at the same time, you know, you want to make sure that it is just so clear that there's no options for confusion. Uh, and I want to get there. Yeah, that sounds really tough because um, just with the choices that every everyone has, if they hop on and if they're a little confused within a couple of seconds, they're gone. There's just too many other other options. So you get your work cut out for you. <laughs> I'll do my best and see if I can make it work. All right, we covered a lot of stuff today, and I'll, I'm going to kick it back to you to you know give you know kind of a little summary. There's one thing that you mentioned earlier that. Um, I want to comment on. So you were like, Hey, this is my best chance to whatever, make a million bucks or make a lot of money. And I disagree. I think like once you figure out some things that work, like you can adapt and go to a potentially a different industry, you could shift like Jamie, you could make a million bucks in like probably 20 different things. It's just like whatever you choose. So I, uh, I think I'm confident that you could shift. If this if this doesn't work out, you'll probably figure out something else. I'm not sure I have another four years of like a hundred hours a week to get to this. This <laughs> isn't just to lose it. I'll never recover. From, I'll never like emotionally recover from this if I lose it now. And I was this close. Like it's, I'll be so jaded. I'd need like a sabbatical before <laughs> going at it again. Yeah, but I enjoy this stuff. I want to do it in this industry as well with this, like with my babies that I built from four years ago. And what what I've found is. Um, I get bored after a little bit and I want to like keep learning new stuff and I'm like shifting into different areas and not, not that everyone's like that, but, um, I was going to say, you know, instead of four years, maybe you could do even more in like 10 years or something like that or eight. So anyway, you'll be fine, dude. So, uh, yeah, I'll kick it over to you. You can kind of summarize, uh, let people know where they could find you. You could plug lasso again, anything you want to do. <laughs> Yeah, sure. So um, I go by Jamie IF. I tweet mostly. Uh, it's the only sort of social media I'm active on. I have a newsletter, though. Um, my Twitter is Jamie underscore IF. Um, I blog and do the newsletter on increasing.com. If you go to increasing.com slash newsletter, you can join the newsletter. Thank you to all the... We have 1,800 people on there now, which is a crazy number for me. Like, I'm so grateful for that. 
if you want to do that, I talk most weeks about just the stuff that's going on, the sort of the high level alpha that like doesn't fit in a tweet because it's like 2000 words long. So like, for example, recently it was all about like the high level SEO recovery stuff around, you know, indexing and quality of average content for helpful content stuff. And my theories on what Google is using for the algorithm. So if you find that stuff and the theory interesting, you might enjoy that. Um, apart from that, I do YouTube, but I don't have many subscribers because I don't really have the work ethic to like do it properly. <laughs> I've been slacking on that. Um, and I head up uh, marketing at Lasso four days a week now. So if you want to check that out for free, there's performance, which is free if you track under a hundred thousand uh, dollars a month. The plugin is thirty nine dollars. Uh, you can check those both out at getlasso.co. Awesome. Jamie, thanks. It's always good to catch up. And um, yeah, we'll have to do this again. So folks, you can uh, sign up for my email list or to be notified for YouTube live streams. Links in the description. And Jamie, hang on. We'll chat um, after I end the stream here. So thanks a lot, man. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And I hope everyone enjoyed it.